Hello, everyone. Uh, if you've heard this episode before, this is going to be um, a little strange for you because I was trying to play an example of episode three here to somebody, and I just realized that for 10 plus minutes, I was kind of prattling on about my private life um, and stuff that just nobody really cares about. I, I was talking about moving into my new house and uh, I was concerned over whether or not anybody could hear like my furnace running in the background and stuff. So I decided to re-upload uh, part of this episode, clean it up a little bit and uh, get rid of all this boring stuff and get to uh, the actual stuff I'm trying to talk about. So maybe the next time uh, you, you need this episode to uh, look up um, the voice stuff that I was doing or uh, the next time I pull it up to try to explain to somebody the voice type stuff I was doing, uh, it'll get right to the point. And I'll have all that crap at the beginning. So here is episode three of Michael's Mixdown. Okay, so first up, we're going to hear a voice recording that I did of myself uh, doing some voice acting. And now uh, I'll use acting in a, in a loose term um, with air quotes that you can't see. That um, I am not a trained actor. I'm not a trained uh, voice actor. Uh, I, I do it kind of for fun. Here and there a little bit, I like to make up character voices and silly voices and stuff, but um, a voice acting is a serious profession, and I'm not really a voice actor. So that's just disclaimer. I don't want to uh, claim to be something I'm not, and I don't want to have somebody have to come out and, and prove to me that I'm nowhere near the level of, of a professional or anything like that. So just big disclaimer, I just do, did this for fun. Um, I have some decent equipment to do it with, so I have a leg up on some people that are, you know, doing it on YouTube maybe. But as far as the actual talent of acting, um, I am not a professional, but I tried my best. So the, the audio capture begins with your microphone selection and your placement. And the and you could also argue the room, but I, I don't have the one room. A lot of studios have more than one room. I just have the room that I'm in. Uh, I have some soundproofing stuff up on the walls to, to try to enhance the um, the recording and playback in the room so that the sound waves don't get all fuzzy and bounce around. And um, basically you need to to help mitigate the reflections of sound. Uh, either coming out of the speaker or coming out of my mouth um, because otherwise it'll kind of sound like a big unprofessional mess. You've heard people on YouTube recording in their garage or whatever and it's hard to hear them. Um, they get a lot of room noise and a lot of you know static and stuff. Uh, so that stuff helps, the soundproofing stuff on the walls. Second up, I have my microphone, which is an, an Audio-Technica AT2020. And I'm recording that into a Zoom LiveTrack L12 uh, mixer board here. And um, that all of that colors the sound that comes out of my mouth. When I speak, I have a certain sound that comes out of my vocal cords, and then you hear that, or and I hear it, and I hear it differently than you hear it, just as your when you hear your own voice, it sounds different to other people. So um, microphone selection 
colors, it adds a, a different tone or a different texture to your voice. If every microphone sounded the same, there would just be one microphone. Uh, every microphone is made up of different materials, uh, of different, you know, of varieties of stuff and various uh, expenses and various sizes. They all are, are good at different things. Uh, the the microphone that I'm recording with is kind of an entry level budget microphone. I think they're about a hundred bucks new. So, um, but but right off the bat, the microphone adds something to the audio capture. There is something there that it it has a texture. It has just a sound signature, and then the the board itself also adds something to the to the process it's really really difficult to have something um, capture sound because then it converts it to an electronic signal and that signal not get uh, changed a little bit in some way so if you really really needed a neutral pure neutral microphone those are really expensive because they have to be engineered to be precise um the the other thing is that you know certain microphones are are better at certain things like they're they sound really warm or they sound really neutral or they have a, a nice texture or there's just something about it that they like it that person's voice sounds harsh on this one let's try a different one we'll let that one sounds a little too muddy or a little too you know boomy let's try something else um, and then sometimes that one really brings out her her head voice really well. We like the way it sounds. Her certain tones or certain notes that she sings are really clear and precise. Let's use this one. So right off the bat, the microphone and the board and any other equipment that the sound passes through changes the way it sounds. Uh, the other thing that I am employing right now is, an, is a mic technique called the proximity effect. The proximity effect is fairly self-descriptive. It's how close you are to the microphone. I am fairly close to the microphone now. I have a little pop filter between me and the microphone, so it helps uh, filter out some of the the plosives of the sound of P's and B's and other harsh consonants from hitting that microphone with a puff of air, uh, which w would make it sound really kind of popped out and, and loud. Um, and... The, the thing that the proximity effect does is it helps add a lot of low end and bass to whatever you're recording. So the closer you get, the more the, the bass frequencies are captured a little more strongly. Now, I have a somewhat deep voice. There are certainly folks that have much, much deeper pipes than me. But I like when my voice is a little bit dry and a little bit almost kind of tired and then I can get up on the mic and I can sound the way that I like to sound. Um, I, I kind of have a more head voice that I have to speak out of for people normally to hear me, especially at work or somewhere that's noisy. Uh, this chest voice that I'm speaking out of now, which is a little more relaxed, is, is harder to project for me to get out to people. But since I can be this close to the microphone, I don't have to be as loud. And I like the way it sounds. That's just my personal choice. Um, if I were to back up off of the microphone a little bit, I'm about five or six inches away now. It's a little bit quieter probably. So I'm going to 
try to pull up my voice a little bit, but it sounds different. If I get up close, I can get a little more kind of in intimate with the sound. I can bring the volume uh, down and it's a lot less fatiguing to keep this voice up. So uh, the trade-off normally for the proximity effect to get a lower tone like this is that the sibilances, the harsh S's, and the plosives are normally a lot harder to deal with. The, the pop filter helps with that, and then I have some software that helps with that. So the, the capture of my voice is the way that I like it. Um, so the voice recording that I'm going to play for you, the, these, this first bit is completely unedited. Um, I haven't edited it except for that I might um, pull up the volume here and there a little bit and maybe cut out some of the, um, some of the little in-between bits to uh, make it a little more uh, of a solid piece there. Uh, but I've read a script from the movie The Hobbit. And the, the piece that I read was of Smaug the dragon uh, at the end there. He's the giant, huge dragon at the end of the movie on the giant pile of gold coins and all that treasure and stuff. And he is huge. He's bigger than life. He's, he's so big. The room that he's in is so big. It's bigger than anything that you could create or, or maybe even imagine. It's so big. He's so big. So uh, I thought it would be fun to record a few of his lines from when he, uh, when he wakes up and kind of step you through how I get from my completely unedited voice to the, the, the one that I'm trying to make sound like it came from the movie. So one thing uh, that I wanted to point out, which I thought was really cool, is that the actor that provided the voice and motion capture uh, information for Smaug was Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, auditioned for this role, and they didn't even get to see his face. They just heard his voice. Based off the voice alone, they casted this uh, character, the dragon Smaug. So um, what happened was they, they hired... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to do this role and then he basically was outfitted with a motion capture outfit which included a, a helmet of sorts with a rig with microphone camera and lights on it and they captured his face and his movements on this big open um, stage so he had the uh, the motion capture gear on and they used his his movements to um, as a reference to how to animate the dragon. Later, they had to record his voice with a little bit more of a controlled environment. So they went to a sound studio and they put him on a table that they covered with some kind of soft um, material so that his, his movement on the table wouldn't be picked up. And they gave him this helmet that had a really nice microphone um, attached to the helmet. And he, he did... Um, kind of a limited motion version of that same performance so that they could get a much cleaner, um, higher quality capture of his voice. Then they edit it to into what you hear in the movie. So uh, what I did was I, I read uh, as best I could the 
the paragraph of the, the lines of Smaug, and then I'm going to add some effects to it, um, one thing at a time, and I'm going to basically layer all of these things together until I get the final, the finished product. So here is a clip of just me reading the lines, uh, completely uh, unedited, unaffected, except for my choice of microphone and the the other equipment, the sound mixer that I have and all that stuff. Uh, but this is the cleanest, you know, kind of capture I could get of this. And here's what it sounds like without any kind of editing. Well, thief, I smell you. I hear your breath. I feel your air. Where are you? Where are you? Come now, don't be shy. Step into the light. Hmm. There is something about you. Something you carry. Something made of gold. But far more precious. Okay, so first thing that I did was um, I pitch shifted my voice. And pitch shifting, um, I'm sure that a lot of you have heard this and it's not exactly an uncommon thing to hear. Uh, there's probably even apps on your phone that can do this. Uh, you Basically, you can speed up or slow down the recording but fit it, you know, more or less into the same amount of time. Uh, if you make small adjustments, it'll, it'll, it definitely will be less time or more time depending on if you slow it down, it takes longer. If you speed it up, it doesn't take as long. But the effect on uh, the human voice and, and other things is that if you slow it down, it gets a lot deeper. If you speed it up, it gets higher. Uh, this effect could be achieved through, uh, you know, helium, if you inhale helium, helium is lighter than air and sound passes through it faster than it does through air. So your voice gets higher. There is another gas out there that if you inhaled it, it is denser and air passes through it more slowly. So your voice gets deeper. When you pitch shift something um, digitally anyway, what you'll basically have a menu come up and you will have a like a piano of notes and you will pitch shift um, your recording down to the note that you're trying to get to. Uh, and there's chorus and fine uh, adjustments. Now, I didn't pitch shift this really um, extremely. I think it was just a couple of notes down, basically just enough to get my voice lower than it is. Well, thief, I smell you. I hear your breath. Then I added some compression uh, to to it to to even it out. And compression is um, a tool that we use. Uh, there's a, a million different compressors. They're just like microphones. They all do something a little bit differently, and they all are good for something uh, that you might pull it out of the pull it out to record into. Um, because it, it has a certain quality that you're after. 
and uh, hardware compressors are, are large pieces of equipment that are you know, screwed into desks uh, generally. Um, and I have what they call uh, software you know, plugins, they call them. So I have software on the computer called Pro Tools, and that's what I um, take my my finished recording to uh, to to edit and mix and add these effects or what they call plugins. And the plugins emulate or try to sound like the thing that they that they're based off of. Now, not every plugin is based off of uh, a copy of a real thing, but um, some sometimes they just draw inspiration from uh, the the real world actual hardware. But they can do; they're a little more versatile because they can change a lot more because uh, it's all digital. They don't have to build another button and another wiring thing to, you know, for the sound to get routed through. So the digital effects are neat, and they're not necessarily inexpensive, but you can get them a lot cheaper than you can hardware. Uh, and what compression is, is it generally a compression tool, a compressor, has a little needle. It starts at zero. It has a few degrees to the right of it, and it has considerably more to the left. What happens is you feed the compressor some signal, in this case my voice recording, and it adds normally some kind of color or some kind of texture, and it adds a certain quality. You just have to experiment. Um, a lot of times people refer to it as a type of warmth. They like that it adds some kind of warmth or it adds something. Uh, it's hard to describe without sitting down and comparing a bunch of them. But basically, it normally adds some kind of oomph to the sound. It enhances it in some way. Not all of them do that, and some of them have settings to have some color or to have less or no color uh, or as close to no color as they can get. Um, and the other important job of the compressor is it squeezes the, the sound down. Um, some recordings are kind of unruly. Um, they get really loud, and then they get really quiet. So instead of trying to manually go in and stretch out uh, the volume or, or pu push it back in, what a compressor does is it levels out the recording, the signal that you give it so that it's not so quiet that you can't hear it. It'll bring that level up so that you can hear it. It'll, if it's way too loud, it'll bring that level down, and the needle will move down every time it pulls it pulls the uh, the signal down, and then normally you have a different uh, knob or some kind of lever that controls how much it turns up the signal after it's been knocked down. So if it knocks everything down and it gets quieter, you can turn the resulting volume back up so it's louder, but it's more level. There are other controls normally that control maybe how fast the machine works, how fast it knocks the sound down, or how slowly it knocks it down. Um, so I used a compressor to add some oomph and get a little bit of um, control over the signal and even it out a little bit so it's a little easier to understand. And then the next thing I did was add some uh, oral exciters and some um, bass enhancement to this. Well, thief, 
I smell you. I hear your breath. I feel your air. So basically, uh, I have a plugin called Thump, and Thump generates low-end frequencies based off of the information that goes into it. So if you feed it my voice, it spits out my voice, but with a lot more low end. And it actually is generating a sound uh, instead of enhancing the sound that is put into it. And I'll explain something that does that in a second. But this thing actually generates a sound like a, uh, like a synthesizer, right? It, it generates a tone and it blends it in with the, the recording of my voice to make it a lot lower. I had to get big and bad to be this dragon, right? So I needed this big, deep voice. So the pitch correction plus the thump plugin have created this kind of low voice. The other thing that I added here was a plugin called Bark of the Dog. And Bark of the Dog is an equalizer. Now, an equalizer is something that you can use to change the frequencies that are recorded. The, each individual frequency that is recorded, uh, you can increase or decrease the volume. Now, that does not add anything to the signal that wasn't there before. Thump is like an actual instrument. It adds noise. Bark of the dog is an EQ and kind of an exciter in a way. Uh, it just enhances what you give it. It can't add anything. And basically what EQ does is you can uh, pick a frequency, in this case a low-end frequency or bass frequency, and enhance it. You can turn the volume up so that that part of the signal alone is affected and it's louder. Uh, the other thing that equalizers can do is um, if you st study this stuff and go to school, maybe like I did, uh, you can learn all of the different frequencies and kind of what um, generally uh, humans like, what frequencies, what notes we like and what we dislike. And each instrument and each uh, different recording kind of has uh, different frequencies that if you were to record those things, um, you need to maybe subtract some of these what they might call muddy or harsh frequencies out of uh, the recording, like for instance, if you were recording a mandolin and it was kind of harsh on the high end, you might use an equalizer to pull some of that harshness out. And so what you have is a little line and it has different frequencies on it and you pick the frequency that you think uh, as the engineer is affecting the signal in an adverse way and you pull it down. If you like the way it sounds, great. If you don't think that, that fixed it, you need to try a different frequency or add a different fre frequency to your selection to pull out. Um, and then there are frequencies that you like and it needs more of, in this case, low-end bass information, uh, and you can take that and turn it up so that the, the volume of that is increased now and there's more of it. So the next thing that I added is uh, distortion, which literally distorts uh, the sound. Um, it adds normally like crunch, um, they might call it drive, uh, normally makes everything louder, uh, but with uh, some fuzz and some noise. Um, and I added this to uh, give the texture 
of my voice a little bit of a, a bigger than life, a little bit more, um, a little bit more of that kind of otherworldly uh, thing that I'm going for here with this big dragon. Well, thief, I smell you. I hear your breath. I feel your air. So uh, the next thing that I added was delay. Delay, 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 delay. Uh, and delay literally copies the sound uh, like an echo. Uh, and you can control the number of delay um, delays or the times that the sound is copied. Uh, normally, each copy gets quieter. Uh, the reason that I added this was to get a little bit more ambience, to uh, add up a little bit more space. The space in the movie that the dragon is in is so big um, that if you were to uh, uh, yell and or be a huge character like the dragon in that space, you would hear an echo because it's so big. So that's why I added the delay. Well, thief. I smell you, I hear your breath, I feel your air. The next thing that I added was the uh, reverb, or reverberation, or simply verb. Um, and verb adds space. It, um, it emulates the space that the sound lives in. Um, it often comes with controls that have descriptions like hall, small room, large room, church, um, echo chamber, um, lots of different descriptions of different sizes of rooms and spaces, essentially. And... Uh, reverberation is different from delay or echo because it is the sound that bounces off of the room that you're in. Uh, it bounces off the walls and the, um, you know, sound travels like, for instance, out of my mouth at, at now and the microphone captures uh, the sound that comes out. But the sound that comes out of my mouth also travels through space through the air in the room, it bounces off of everything in the room. It bounces off of the couch, it bounces off the ceiling, off the walls. So um, what that ends up sounding like is it It sounds like there's a little bit of space, like you, you hear it. Uh, it's not something that you, I guess, normally consciously are picking up on, but without it, it's voice uh, uh, sounds they sound strange without some space to live in. So um, normally when we're recording audio, see, I have the soundproofing stuff up all over uh, the sound treatment, and it helps to mitigate the chances that the microphone uh, captures the reverberation of my voice off the, the walls in the room uh, because I want a, a clean recording. Um, you've... You can hear any endless amount of crappy recordings on YouTube um, with people that don't have any kind of sound treatment up. It sounds like 
there's a lot of sound, a lot of noise going on that their their voice is trying to compete with. Um, so in a professional audio capture environment, what we're trying to do is capture the cleanest signal possible, and then if we need to add space, we can control how much space we put back in, right? But reverb is not an echo. Echo is when uh, the sound that you make stops and you hear it back. Like if you shout into the Grand Canyon or whatever, you you shout, you don't hear your voice for a second, and then it comes back at you. Reverberation is, you know, the sound that the space around you that it kind of bounces off of and takes up. But you can't distinguish the sound of of a reverb from your own voice like you can like there's a separate distinction between your voice and an echo if you shout it into the Grand Canyon um, if you're still having trouble picturing exactly what reverb is like think of like a, a big church or a big hall or even like the a bathroom at a public place with tile uh, walls that's what reverb sounds like and then when you uh, add it in you can uh, you can make things sound bigger and more important it adds um some sometimes it can add some definition to what your um what the audio is so in this case i've added some reverb um, and some delay together to try to make this dragon sound really big and bad and huge and he takes up all this room and the the room the actual physical uh space that is in the movie is so big that you would hear uh, reverb and some delay and a little bit echo in this space. So uh, the end result here is I'm trying to make the dragon sound really big and important. Well, thief, I smell you. I hear your breath. I feel your air. And then this last pass, I'm going to play the whole thing again, but with all of the effects turned on uh, so that you get, like, the, the finished product. Well, thief, I smell you. I hear your breath. I feel your air. Where are you? Where are you? Come now, don't be shy. Step into the light. Mm. There is something about you. Something you carry, something made of gold, but far more precious. Okay, so that is my uh, Smaug um, copy, if you will, my, my attempt to recreate Smaug. Um, and some of you out there might be wondering why I didn't play the original audio. Well, um, for one, it, it's it's really hard to try to capture that original audio. Um, you don't often, I guess, have like an MP3 of of a movie, you know, 
track of audio. But uh, the other thing is I don't want you to know how uh, far off I am from actually sounding like the original, <laughs> the original Smaug. So uh, I'm not going to play the original, but you can kind of get the idea of um, how somebody, a sound designer, could start with uh, voice capture and then move to Smaug. So the next thing that I'm going to uh, show you what I did, and I'm going to wrap this up a little bit faster um, because we've already gone over some of this stuff and I'm just having fun now at this point, is um, my favorite video game series of all time is Mass Effect uh, by BioWare. And I have always wanted to try to crack the code on how they uh, sound designed the bad guys from Mass Effect. They are called the Reapers. Uh, they're these huge, ginormous, um, like, alien spacecraft. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe if you've never actually played the game, but uh, suffice it to say that they are uh, very, very large, uh, you know, kind of half-robot, half-sentient creature um, bad guys. And they have these huge robotic voices that are really intimidating, really sinister and evil. And uh, so the next thing I've done here is I've recorded uh, some, of, some of the lines from the video game just like I did with the Smaug. Um, and then I am going to add the effects in uh, one at a you know, time and kind of show you how I build up from my voice, uh, my capture, to the finished product. Shepard, Harbinger speaks of you. You resist, but you will fail. The cycle must continue. It is not a thing you can comprehend. You represent chaos. We represent order. Every organic civilization must be harvested to bring order to the chaos. It is inevitable. Without our intervention, organics are doomed. We are your salvation. The cycle must continue. There is no alternative. The battle for Rannoch disproves your assertion. Finish your war. We will be waiting. So uh, with the Reaper voice, uh, the, the first thing I had to do was um, get, the, get the capture right. So it's a robot voice, so I had to, I had to do robot voice. I don't uh, not, you know, I normally pretty much sound like a robot anyway. I'm really low and monotone, uh, but I had to um, pull this texture out of my voice. It's, it's way kind of back in the, uh, of my throat and it's a little bit down in my chest and it's, uh, it's hard to, to maintain, but I managed to get through these lines, uh, more or less kind of trying, uh, as best as possible to, to be monotone and to, uh, you know, not inflect anywhere because it's a robot. They don't have emotions. They don't inflect up and down in their voice. So that was part one. Uh, the next thing that I did uh, after I got the audio capture was I pitched my voice down again because these guys are big and bad and uh, they're even lower in... Uh, I had to go even more uh, crazy with the pitch down 
And then um, I added distortion. Again, I used a plugin called uh, Trash, uh, which is by Isotope. And Trash, um, without you being able to see it, is a little hard to describe, but it just has what appears to be an endless amount of options to add distortion, to add all types of different textures of uh, crunch and fuzz and noise and drive and make things just all, I mean, you, you can literally just make it sound like trash. I mean, they, you can ring um, these really crazy effects out of the audio that you put into it, and it's just got so many options. Um, so what I, I did was I just clicked through presets of options and add add this effect, add that effect, uh, take that one out, add this one, trying uh, different combinations of things. I spent w way more hours than I'd care to admit on it, but I, uh, I got a certain amount of effects that I was looking for to best emulate the, uh, the original audio. I added uh, reverb because these, these uh, reapers are huge. They're giant robotic creatures. So they take up a lot of space and they need to sound big and bad and they need to, uh, they need to live in this big space. So uh, once again, the reverb here has uh, been added to add importance to the character uh, to make them take up more room, to make them bigger and badder. And then um, I'm going to play here. Uh, basically, I just I hit play on the, on the voice track, and then I turned on effects kind of, you know, partway through and then turned them off so that you can kind of get an A-B comparison with uh, the effects kind of, you know, layering on and then the effects layering back off, which, by the way, is called automation. Now, automation is essentially when um, when you have an effect that you you apply a plug-in to your audio then you can um, you can t go and turn on automation which means that you're gonna turn it on at a certain point it's not on all the time you automate it to come on when you want it to and then you it turns off when you want it to and you go in and set it to come on and then come back off and come back on and come back off again Shepherd. Harbinger speaks of you. You resist, but you will fail. The cycle must continue. It is not a thing you can comprehend. You represent chaos. We represent order. Every organic civilization must be harvested to bring order to the chaos. It is inevitable. Without our intervention, organics are doomed. We are your salvation. The cycle must continue. There is no alternative. The battle for Rannoch disproves your assertion. Finish your war. We will be waiting. The The purpose of the, what I did here was that uh, it was to show the effects kind of layering on a couple at a time and then layering back off. Uh, you can you could use that type of um, automation for all types of stuff. You could turn on a delay when you want to play a guitar solo and then you want the delay to come on. You you know there's automation all of a sudden, right? Um, you can automate uh, volume if 
like uh, when I'm editing the voice clips that I'm recording right now. There'll be a lot of ums and uhs and uh, breaths and things that uh, I may I may get up and go uh, go use the restroom or something and come back. So you can automate uh, the volume to dip out in stuff that you I don't want to uh, come back up. Um, but that's just one more way that I'm going to sneak in a, a tutorial of an effect on you. So here is uh, my Reaper voice. I'm really proud of it, and I hope you like it. Shepard, Arbinger speaks of you. You resist, but you will fail. The cycle must continue. It is not a thing you can comprehend. You represent chaos. We represent order. Every organic civilization must be harvested to bring order to the chaos. It is inevitable. Without our intervention, organics are doomed. We are your salvation. The cycle must continue. There is no alternative. The battle for Rannoch disproves your assertion. In a sheer war, we will be waiting. Okay, so uh, that is episode three of Michael's Mixdown. Thank you very much for uh, listening to me ramble on and on and on, uh, probably well past my welcome uh, at this point. Um, and I have some exciting news. Um, I have a part two to this episode coming up. And in that, uh, my brother-in-law has uh, graciously played some guitar for me. And I'm going to uh, apply some effects to that as well so that you can get a, an idea of what that would sound like because, uh, believe it or not, these effects all kind of make a, a difference when you apply them to something different like a guitar. Uh, and it's something that you would hear uh, in an actual song. And so I don't play any instruments. So I, uh, I asked him if he would play so that I could do that and describe uh, what, what would go on maybe in an actual recording uh, of a guitar in a band uh, of an actual song. So uh, that episode will probably be much shorter, uh, and I will just describe uh, the effects that I'm going to add kind of on and off, and and that'll be it. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and I will see you again hopefully pretty soon. Uh, it shouldn't take me too long to put out this other episode, I'm thinking, but you know who knows, but hopefully I'll see you all in a couple of weeks.